I would like first to say all the glory to our wonderful Jesus Christ. Jesus is great. And I want to ask you, just for your good understanding, understand us, we are coming from French-speaking country. And then I came here 20 years ago just uh, uh, to learn a little English. And then I, when I was coming, I came with two words, yes and no. <laughs> so when they met me at Gatwick Airport, so the one who came to pick me up asking me, oh, welcome to England, I just laughed. And she said, ah, oh, it's raining a lot in England. And I laughed. And I said, do you have an umbrella? I said, so I laughed twice, so I must use one of my two words. It's, she said, do you have an umbrella? I said, oh, yes. I said, oh, great, come with me. When we were about to go out, it was raining. She used hers, and then said, oh, use your umbrella. I was just panicked. I said, what? What's going on? I didn't know. I didn't have any umbrella. I didn't understand. I just used the wrong words. I said, yes. And then when I get to Abitiai, you know, one student has to meet me, and he say, welcome to Abitiai. And I just laugh and say, ah, are you tired because of the journey? I say, yes. I say, oh, sorry. Come with me. He took me to the kitchen. And then he asked me a second question. Are you hungry? Do you want to eat something? I say, oh, I have been using, you know, yes, yes. Let me use the second word. And I say, no. <laughs> and he said, okay, okay. If you are not hungry, come with me. He took me and he said, this is your bedroom. Good night. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow. I was hungry. I wanted to eat something. I said, oh, what's going on here? So just to let you know that we came with any English at all. Yeah, but, you know. We praise God because we are able now just to communicate, just to share something in English. Just understand, if we are missing somewhat, it's because of lack of practice. When we leave England, we go back to French-speaking uh, country, and then in Burkina Faso, we have 60 different languages. And then I can speak two of them, French and little English, four. That means it's sometimes difficult. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. By the grace of God, we try to share what God put in our heart. And, uh, yeah, let's start that, uh, you know, I gave my life to Jesus 40 years ago when I was 17. And hearing this wonderful testimony that, you know, what we have just been singing is true, I can confess that it's uh, absolutely true. And God did wonderful things in my life and in my wife's life as well. We have uh, uh, three children and two grandchildren. And then we are ministering in this church where we started with about 20 people. But right now we have uh, about uh, 900 people in our assembly. And then uh, we planted 35 churches so far in 30 years ministry time. That means we were trying, you know, to make it happen. You know, plant a church each year that God is just giving us. So right now, 30 years of ministry, 35 planted churches. And uh, some of uh, these planted churches was done with our British connection. Friends coming from uh, 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 this place to join us in our vision, helping us financially just to fulfill what God put in our heart. And I want just to thank uh, uh, this church. We were uh, struggling with uh, our video projector. 
You know, and on Sunday, we couldn't see. Uh, we had a very weak video projector. But when Tim Robert from Wellspring uh, Church came, he brought a, a new powerful video projector from uh, Tambridge Wells. And we want just to thank you for that. Anytime, you know, when we meet in our church, we can read properly, like, you know, what is going on here, and people are happy. So they know you through your gift. They know you through uh, uh, the visit of uh, our friend who came, and then we did uh, wonderful uh, things together. And this is a good opportunity for us to thank uh, the church commit, co uh, committee and those who agree so that we uh, could be blessed that way. So thank you very much. And uh, we want also to uh, share a little bit about what is going on in Burkina Faso in our ministry. You can see, you know, we, as, as, as I was saying uh, uh, earlier, uh, when I finished my Bible school, I went back home and I started the ministry with uh, a small group of Christians. It was about 20 people. So it was difficult, and uh, we were married, we had uh, two children, and then we had to manage somehow. So we had uh, our first church in a small shelter, and uh, yeah, we started just the ministry that way. And God started just to convince us that we need to pray a lot and share our vision with those who were around us. So we started, you know, to speak with our uh, people about, you know, uh, the Great Commission. All is about the lost, you know. We, we told them the story how the first missionary came from America to uh, Haute Volta, uh, Upper Volta in that time, how they suffered, and some lost their lives one week uh, after arriving because of malaria and things like that. But when the news went back home that, you know, some missionary died of malaria, more people were willing to stand up and say, yes, let us go. Yeah, and now we can praise God. In Burkina Faso, we have uh, plenty of churches, let's say about uh, 4,000 pastors, Assembly of God pastors in Burkina Faso. And uh, more than 10 Bible schools. Every year, about 700 young people are coming out from those Bible schools, going straight to the ministry. It's wonderful. Yeah, but all started with few people who were willing to respond to God. When God just called them, who will stand for me? Who will go to, Bukina, to, to the Moshe land? Who will go for me? Who will go and tell them that I love them? So some few girls were willing to raise hand and say, we will go. And then some few men also say, oh, we cannot let these uh, women go. So we want to go too. So that's the story, how the first missionary get to uh, Upper Volta with the gospel. But uh, today, we are proud to see the growth of the ministry. We are proud to see how God is moving powerfully so far. When I will, when in my preaching, I will mention some testimonies, some great things happening there. But I want just to encourage you by, you know, seeing what is going on when we say a planted churches. Okay, here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's easy. Thank you. 
Yeah, so this is, you know, a uh, long time ago, where you can recognize this by comparing my hair, you see. <laughs> That's a long time ago when we were about, you know, uh, to start, you know, this ministry and in, in, in church planting ministry. We had our vision, and we said, let us move with uh, uh, Gideon power. We got a little power. We, don't, we are not rich, but we got something to start with. And then, so far, before I come to, uh, to England for my second Bible school, we were just planting churches in the small villages where the great evangelists couldn't go. We had some great evangelists like Renard Bonke from uh, Germany who came to Ouagadougou, and thousands and thousands of people were there raising hands, receiving Jesus. But we still have some small group of people in the small places, in the small villages, where the great preachers cannot get there. So, and God put in our heart just to manage to go to these little uh, small villages and uh, start to plant a church because Jesus Christ died for them. And Jesus Christ wants to save them. So, uh, before I come to England, we were able to plant eight churches. And when our leaders uh, saw that we were, you know, exceeding in church planting ministry, they say, let us send these guys in England. Maybe if they got uh, English and then they will got another opportunity just to be more effective in their ministry. That's the story, how they send us in this country. And when we arrived here, God was so wonderful to us. When we went back home, we, we started to receive visits from people coming to visit us and share our ministry. So this is Dave Rison and Madeleine. You know, they were working uh, in the mission department with Assembly of God. They came with Tim Robert, and then I took them around just to show them the small villages where we were walking. And then this is one of the first planted church where Wellspring Church came alongside, and then they helped us to build this wonderful, nice church in the small village. Right now, about 200 people are meeting in that church. The church becomes smaller, so the church needs to be extended. Yeah? You see how God is uh, great. This is another planted church with uh, Tim Robert. This is just uh, uh, last year when they came, and then uh, we went to the place where no one has been before with the gospel. So we had a wonderful time. We showed Jesus of Nazareth uh, film, movie, and then afterward they did some drama, you know, and then uh, we preached, we called people, and some few people, about, yes, let's say 10 people gave their life to Jesus that night. We were so amazed, you know, and then later on, the church is just keep on growing, and it's amazing to see the pastor who is just uh, leading this church is very, very good man of God, a gifted man. He will go every day to each family to testify, to share what, how great is uh, his God. And we can see people responding positively uh, to uh, this visit. This is another planted church with uh, uh, our friend uh, Tim Robert. Because someone, uh, before he died in England, asked, he, he said, yes, I'm ready to go home. But I want to ask you, in my funeral time, instead of people bringing flowers to honor you know, me, I would ask them to take this money and give 
put the flowers money together and send the money to Burkina Faso so that they can plant a church. That's the story. So we received uh, that money, and then we went to that place, and we planted this wonderful church. About 200 people are meeting in that church, and the church is smaller, ready to be extended. How great is our God. You see, this is another uh, church. We planted this church two years ago, you know, with uh, our friend. You know, it's challenging. You know, we, we were just planting churches in our way, with our little power. When friends come, you know, with more financial potentiality, so it, it, it helped us, you know, it's a big challenge. They say, here is the money, here we are, ready to go with you, what next? You know, and then we start to pray and say, God, yes, what next? Where shall we go? Where do you want us to, to, to go? And then it's going on wonderfully. So this is uh, another church, plenty of churches planted with our British friends. We say, Kelia. So my assistant pastor, the one who is just right walking with me back home, comes from this church. When we were planting the church, we didn't know that my assistant pastor will come from there. So he get to know the Lord, he gave his life to Jesus, and then he grew up in that planted church, and later on God led him to me. So now he's walking with me as an assistant pastor. He's a great man of God, we love him, and this is one fruit of our ministry who come back to help us. God is so great. So this is just uh, another church. Uh, we are just building the church. The church is uh, about to be roofed. But uh, right now, the members, some members are meeting under the tree. This is a, under some mango tree. They have a, their Sunday meeting. And uh, we are passing through the raining season. If it's raining, uh, they cannot uh, have a meeting. If it's raining in the morning, they put the meeting in the afternoon, you see, just that they can meet. So we pray so that God may help us to finish this church. This is another wonderful church uh, not far away from uh, Mali because we are planting more churches from the Abricos border to the Mali border. You see, we have Burkina Faso, Abricos, and Mali, and God is just uh, leading us to plant churches among these enriched tribes who are living in this border. Yeah, this is kind of uh, another church, planted church in Mali. This is uh, an example of uh, what we call home missionary. They will go to the village, so we rent a small house for them where to live. This, uh, this is a type of a small house where the home missionary can live with uh, the children all together. So it's not easy, but they manage to live and do the work. And people like, uh, you know, Sid Anderson from Doncaster, John Burst and Bridget, they used to come and we take them to those places. They pray for the home missionaries. They bless them. They encourage them. That means all together we can do the work. Hallelujah. So this is a type of uh, a planted church in uh, Mali as well because sometimes we have some friends who will come and uh, bring us, uh, you know, uh, this type of church. We call it tabernacle. It's coming from uh, uh, America. So we will go with the tabernacle, we settle it, we do some uh, outreach, and uh, later on we can see a wonderful church established there. So this is our water baptism service. Sometimes we used to baptize at least 100, sometimes 150 people. We take them to the river, and uh, this is our Jordan. We baptize them in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God the Father. So 
and then we are doing teamwork. I was doing this water baptism with one of our elders. So because in our church, we trust that, you know, God called us, God gave us a vision, but God brought good people around us who are sharing our vision, who are just helping us to fulfill what God put in our heart. So if we are very successful in this ministry, it's because of those who came around us to help us to fulfill, because we have the same vision, our priority will be for the lost. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. This is a great privilege. Tim Robert from Wellspring Church with me, baptizing our daughter. So it was a great. So she's married now. She's living in America. And uh, we got uh, a grandson. And she is a wonderful uh, servant of God in that part of America in Washington, D.C. So this is our family. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all. So now I want just to give opportunity to my wife to say something about uh, her ministry because she's doing a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ministry uh, with me. She's the one who encouraged me to say yes to my call. When God called me, I was a little bit afraid to go. And then when uh, uh, we met, she was still telling me, boys, when are you going to obey God? When are you going to say yes to God? When are you going to go to the Bible school? I say, oh, that's not your problem. It's my problem. She said, yes, it's also my problem. Let us go. Let us serve God. So she helped me positively. When we came together to the ministry, she was a great blessing for me. So I want just her to say something and share what God has been doing so far with her in this ministry. Praise God. I'm happy to be here, and uh, I say thank you to all of you and the pastor and his wife. Uh, we were so blessed since we, we came here, and uh, I am happy. So my English is not so <laughs> good, but I will try to do my best. Mm. So uh, I am leading a center. We call it uh, Dorcas Center Association Dorcas. After our training in uh, England, when we go back, God put in my heart to help the needy people, and especially the girls. And uh, I created the association to be able to work freely without uh, any problem with uh, the authority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> so, and uh, I start with uh, 20 girls. Uh, the training is for three years. Uh, I, I start in uh, 2001. 2001 with 20 girls. But uh, from 2001 to now, we have been trained 800 girls from Docker Center. And after the graduation, each of uh, them go back with showing machine. And that will help them to carry on their business and to be able to take care of themselves and their family. And uh, once, if they got married, they can help their husband and uh, their children. In Burkina Faso, uh, life is not very easy for women. You have to work very hard to take care of your children and the family. It's not like here. Hmm. Women are doing everything. And... Uh, 
I started another group with uh, women's. We call it uh, microcredits to help women to be able to do their own business. And uh, we start with 20,000 safer and for four of them. And uh, it's grow, it's grow, it's grow. And now we got about uh, 200 women in that ministry and things is going very well for them. Some of them uh, was able to buy a land and build a house and brought their husband and their children to that house. Mm -hmm. To show you how life is very hard for women in Africa. And uh, I have another group, uh, the small one, the small children. Uh, I have 40 orphans. The smaller one, one year to 10 right. years or 15 years like this. And there we stay with their relative family and then we help them to pay school fish and they have a, a nice meal one a day. They are coming to our center and we cook for them. If they are sick, we will provide for their prescription and things and Christmas time. We will buy nice clothes for them to make their life a little bit uh, easy. And uh, we have another group. We call them uh, uh, boy, Boys Project. Boys Project. Uh, many of them left school because the family wasn't able to pay their school fish. And they will run away, staying on the street, stealing things and uh, taking drugs. And we thought that it's good to help them. And we start with football to encourage them to come and play football. And now we have about uh, 50, 50 boys in uh, this program. that program. And they are coming every day to, they are, we are teaching them how to show electricity, things who can help them later to, carry on their life. So we are doing a lot of things. We cannot <laughs> say it all because of the time, but uh, we praise God. All these things was done because of our friends coming from Germany and from England. England. They helped us so much uh, financially, and uh, all the showing machines that we are using are coming from uh, Germany. So we are happy. They just collect the whole machine and they send it to us and we train the girls and after they go back with the showing machine. I praise God for those who are helping us and we pray that God may bless them so much and then we can do the work together. Uh, I used to say that I want to impact uh, Positively. Positively, my generation before I leave this world and go mm -hmm. to home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want after me, they can say like Dorcas, mm -hmm. uh, the name was choose in the Bible, mm -hmm. Dorcas, she did so, she did so. I don't want to live uh, like this, but I want to do something and leave it before I go home. Mm -hmm. So God may bless you and bless uh, all the church, and uh, bless the pastor and his wife. Uh, 
I, I think that one day his wife, she will be able to come to us and see what we are doing and uh, together we will do something. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And we believe you will come with uh, a wonderful family friends. May God bless you. The good thing is uh, that right now, you know, we have about 200 Dorcas girls attending our church every Sunday. And it, they are coming from everywhere. From some are Muslims, some are animists. And it's a good opportunity for me to minister to them. Because we have a chance to have them three years' time. And it's how it's wonderful to see after preaching. If I call, who want to give his life uh, or a life to Jesus Christ? Maybe 10 of them, 20 of them would raise hands. We have a chance to, to put the seed. We have a chance to harvest. We have a chance to teach them. We have a chance to baptize them. We have a chance, you know, to prepare and equip them spiritually. And if they go home, it's wonderful to see them coming from Muslim and Islam background, going back as a strong believers, strong Christians. That's a wonderful ministry. Thank you very much. So, I want now to share with you shortly something uh, about uh, what God put in, our heart, in, in my heart. It's something to do with uh, the Christian testimony. Sometimes, you know, when, let's say, the first time when I came to England, I noticed something. You know, sometime in the train, from Burgess Hill to London, I wanted just to, to be able to talk to people. But people were just, each one was just got his newspaper. And I said, what? And I said, hello. He said, what? So, and I couldn't find my way. I, I, I wanted just to, to, to be able to share something with those people. And then when I came back, you know, after Abitiai, I saw the young people in the train, in the buses, every, even in the aeroplane, they got, you know, something in their hair, they listen to the music, and it's hard to say something to them. So that's why I want you to challenge you to find your way. Look in Acts chapter 4, verse uh, 17, and God is so great and is, he was so clear. When we see at the beginning of the church, people were strong and courageous to share their testimony. It's true that Peter, you remember Peter? You know, he tried without the, the power of the Holy Spirit. He tried his best to testify about Jesus Christ. But he didn't go too far because he didn't get the right power and he was missing something who would help him to be more stronger in his testimony and his faith. But after, when he received the power coming from God, the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, we can see Peter who, who said three times, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know. He was fearing. And we can see that same Peter speaking with courage, speaking, you know, with the power of God to people. That's why it says in Act 4, 
13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John. When they saw the courage. Look at how they speak with confidence. Look at how they testify with power. So that was just a big difference. We need to be really with Jesus first. And we need really to receive the power coming from him. And then we will be enough courageous to share. Hallelujah. And those who wanted absolutely to stop the work of God, they had big problem. I can imagine they had the first meeting and they asked her, who got the best idea who can help us to stop these people to go like this? Some would say, oh, let's say beg them and let's do some negotiation. Some would say, no, no, no. Let us do this. Let us, and then they find their way. And they say, okay, let us stop Peter and John to speak no more longer about Jesus to anyone. The problem is coming through the speaking way. The testimony is causing a lot of trouble. They testify, they share something about Jesus, and then they allow some people to be more interested because they want to hear and they want to try what Jesus can do for them. Those people tried to do their best. They said, stop speaking about Jesus. You can go to church. You can sing. You can dance. You can do. You can have a meeting. You can uh, have a tea time together. You can do. But please, be quiet. Don't share. Don't tell to anybody about what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's the problem. And then they said, we must uh, warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. And Peter and John replied, for we can help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Don't waste your time. We will continue to speak because we have seen and we heard. And then we receive a power. And that power is just allowing us to continue to share what God has done for us. We can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Today, a lot of people don't want to speak any longer about Jesus Christ. They are ashamed. They are happy being saved. They say, oh, I'm happy I'm saved. And they want to stay with Jesus. They are comfortable with Jesus. And, but they want to stay quietly in their church. In the church meeting time, most of people, they don't want you know, to express loudly something in the church. In the prayer time, they are so quiet. They say, oh, what's the point to shout? They say, oh, I better be quiet here. Yeah. I better enjoy the nice music. I better see him, you know, praying, you know, with good words. And, you know, oh, it's wonderful prayer. So they don't feel like uh, they have to be part on this. They want to stay quietly in their church. We as a Christian, we must speak and testify about Jesus Christ. Because the world will not do this for us. And then the angel would like to come and do it. But Jesus said, no, I trust them. I gave them everything. I gave them the word, my word. 
And I gave them the power. And they will do it. They have to do it. Because I did mine. I died for them. And I rose from the dead. And I am with them. And I told them that uh, I am the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. I never changed. They know about it. Be quiet. They will do it. How and where the Christian can give testimony? In Isaiah 62, verse 6. Let's say, unceasingly we must testify. That's why it says, I have posted watchmen on your walls. Oh, Jerusalem, they will never be silent day or night. Never. They will do their job. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest. Just go for it. And why many people are silent today in the church, as I said earlier, at home, even at home, at work. Sometimes people are ashamed to show their faith when they are in their workplace. They look like non-Christian people. They try to please their boss. Even silent with God. They don't have individual prior time. They don't know how to come closer to God and tell him what they feel in their heart. They are not able to fight and get some personal victory so that they can tell to other people, look at what happened. In the home, said Mark 5, 19 to 20, to the man who was demon-possessed but healed by Jesus, Jesus said to him, go home. Go to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. There are some people who are even amazed. So they are not able to share what uh, the Lord has done to them, to their own family members who are not yet Christians. Because they are afraid. But Jesus said, you receive something. Just go to your family and tell them. Be simple. Just tell them. I wonder if uh, some people are silent because they cannot see exactly what God has done for them. Maybe they feel like they are here accidentally. Maybe they just follow the crowd. They don't have something, any personal experience with God. I asked someone who was just attending our church. He said, I am with you since uh, three years' time. I said, oh, wonderful. And when did you give your life to Jesus? He was, oh, so. And how did you, that, how that happened? Uh, so he was lost. And I understood that, you know, he never gave his life to Jesus. He joined the crowd. He was enjoying our music, our dancing. Sometimes he would go for outreach, but he didn't have any personal experience with Jesus Christ. How that person can share? He didn't have anything to share. A born-again Christian should have something to share. Hallelujah. I say that again, a true born-again Christian. The one who decided to say, oh, this is my life. This is the way that I grew up. This is what I hear from God. And now I decided to turn back and follow Jesus Christ. And that person will receive something in his heart. The Holy Spirit will come. And Jesus Christ will come in his heart and he will forgive him. And he will give him, you know, and he will write his name in the, uh, 
book of life. And he will have, you know, a confidence and a joy. And then the Holy Spirit will come, empowered by the Holy Spirit in Act 1, verse 8. You will receive power. The Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, like a places like Burkina Faso. You will be there. You will be my witnesses. Have you received that power? You know, some people in Africa, if you go to their house, you will see something hanging in their house, their, their degree. How they got when they were at school. I'm a doctor. I am this. I am a this. You can see, oh, it's great. And some people also, some Christians would like to say, oh, I am, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I can speak in tongues. It looks like a diploma. At church, they, you will never hear them praying. You will never hear them speaking tongues. They will say, oh, that was uh, 12 years ago. I went to the meeting and it was wonderful. And then they prayed for us and then I realized, you know, I was speaking tongues, la, 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 la. Oh, oh, that's great. That's an experience long time ago. Brothers and sisters, did you receive the power of the Holy Spirit? If yes, be a good witness for Jesus. If you can ask him, he is faithful to give you this power. And then you will be able to share without shame or fear. 2 Timothy 1.8 Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us finish with this, the way of the true testimony. Our testimony can be related to personal experience. Come, come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me, says Psalm 66, 16. And I want just to share this example of the man who was born blind. It's a great testimony. After meeting Jesus, after receiving his healing, so people came to him. They were arguing. And then they came to that man. And they say, what do you think about Jesus? Theologically, if you go to use the Greek words and Hebrew, eh, how, what do you think about Jesus Christ? He is a prophet. He is a messiah. He is this, he is this. They were arguing. And that man said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. This is a personal experience. This is what I was and how I was living on my way. But this is what happened to me, and this is my new life in Jesus Christ. Things change positively. And I don't have time to argue with, him, with you. Listen, I was blind. Can you say no? This is my, my experience. I was. And now, here I am. I can see your face. I can tell you that you are wearing a glasses. The colorful dress that you are wearing. Because of Jesus. He healed me. Our testimony can recount also God's blessings. 
In Isaiah 63, verse 7, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Coming back to right now, in 2017, something happened. We had a lady in our church called Delphine. Delphine gets sick. And then her husband took her to the hospital. The doctors tried to, started to help her. And then they find out that she got a cancer. And then they say, ah, Delphine got a cancer. And it, uh, it seems to be too late. It was something like a gynecological problem. When they were putting transfusion, blood transfusion on Delphine here, the blood was coming straight out. They couldn't do anything. Delphine husband uh, was a pastor working with me for a few years. And then the doctors went to, to him and said, are you a pastor? He said, yes. Ah, you need to pray. If not, something bad will happen to your wife. So he came to us. He said, the doctors told us that, uh, you know, we got, uh, my wife got a cancer. I said, no problem. Let us just come together. I call our church members. Can you, do you like to come together? We will have a specific and special prayer meeting for Delphine. We want to cry, or to cry like one person crying to God. We want to unite our power, unite our, our strength. We want just to shout and say, yes, concert, leave Delphine. Let, we need Delphine. We need her in the ministry. We, we, and then we knew that God was able to move, referring to Peter when he was arrested. The Bible said that the church was together, praying for Peter. After church meeting, they were together in the home group, praying for Peter. They were not praying for this difficult or this specific problem for we want to buy, we want to renew, we want to paint our church. We want. No, they were just gathering just to pray for Peter. They said, this is what we are focusing. Please do something, do something. When powerful prayer is just going on, God cannot stay silent. Our powerful prayer, prayer in unity, in one spirit, will move the mighty hand of God. That's why God couldn't do you know, more than sending an angel. He said, you see, I will be in trouble if you don't go. I want you to go. Go quick, go quick, and resolve this situation. You know the story. When the angel came to Peter, Peter was just sleeping between two guards. He was confident because he knew that people behind was playing for him. He knew that God was going to find his, to help him to find his way. He was just sleeping, relaxing. But some of us, if we are passing through difficult time, we cry. We say, oh God, oh where's my dad, oh father, oh granddad. So we, we are panicking. But you know, if the church is willing to come together and pray, we can see God moving powerfully. Coming back to that story, when the, our church prayed, other churches around were just praying in the same time. As we were praying, the doctors started, okay, it feels like uh, we have to try something. They said they will try the, the chemotherapy. Chemotherapy. And then, so, they didn't have money. 
As we were praying, we give opportunity to people to bless them with the money so that they can carry on the treatment with the doctors. Our church, as a church, we decided to leave, you know, to give a big amount of money to that for that situation. Take it and go with the doctor. As we are praying, we want the doctor also to do this. A few weeks ago, that lady came back. And then she said, I am here to say thank you to all those who prayed hardly for me. I went to my doctor. After three times checking, they declared that my cancer was totally gone. Life is back. You can see people, they were very happy. And then they could say, oh, thank you, Lord. We prayed because they were there. We prayed and God answered because they were there. You can imagine those who say, oh, if I knew that it was going to work, I would go, I would go to that prayer. Yeah. That's why we need just to trust God and trust the power of the prayer. One day I was preaching, and I saw one old lady coming. She was a demon-possessed lady. And I was preaching, and then she was coming strongly straight to me. And then she was, she was doing like this on the people. Two, two. They were, they were, you know. And then people, hey, what's, what's going on? She was coming just to do this on the Bible. Oh, that's a demon, what they wanted to do. And then I stopped my preaching. I was watching her. And I said, you stop there in the name of Jesus. And then she stopped. I said, you sit there in the name of Jesus. And then she sat. And then I had to carry on my preaching. At the end, I said, look at what God said. In my name, you will cast out demons. Those who believe in me. He didn't say, this is what pastors will do. He said, those who believe. And I called the church to come together. Let us pray for that lady. So all the people came together. And then we cast out these demons. We say, go out, demons, in the, in the name of Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And after this wonderful time of prayer, that lady was just delivered. And she came with the four young men who were able to hold her and put her in the taxi. And if she took like this, all these four men fall down. She was so powerful. And then when they say she was about to go home, the Holy Spirit told me that, you know, she should go home, uh, uh, someone will take her with a, a motorbike. I, I tell to the family, you can carry that lady home with a motorbike. They say, oh, we came hardly in, on taxi. I say, yeah, but now she's healed. So she, they took her, she went back home, and everyone came out and to see and to make sure that this, the same lady who went this morning at church, who is coming back on motorbike, they were amazed. And then she went out, and then she said, Hi, I'm healed. Jesus, is, Jesus healed me. It was a great testimony in the area. A good opportunity for us to plant a wonderful church there. God is great. If, you know, and then later on I say, Oh, if I knew that it was going to be like this, I will go myself and pray alone. And got the result, and then people will know that Pastor Mo is a powerful pastor. But I, I brought all the Christians together. I said, those who believe will cast out demons. Now it happened. 
I cannot say I cast them. I say we as a church body. So that was a very good starting point for our people to trust in healings and to trust in prayer, in powerful prayer. And that lead us from few people to 600 people, from 600 to where we are with so much churches around us. May God continue to bless you and help you to be willing to start whatever God put in your heart to do for his glory. And God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he is doing in our country, he will do more in Britain. This is the time of God. This is the time of God. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.